Welcome to Active Christianity's Living the Gospel podcast. Join us as we talk about how we can live the gospel every day, no matter who we are, where we live, and what our circumstances are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Living the Gospel. I'm Kathy. And I'm Julia. And today we are starting a new series. Yes, so we've wrapped up our series on the Philippians, which I loved doing. I loved putting all that time and research into what Paul wrote to the Philippians there. But it is time to move on. So today, Julia, what are we starting on? Today we're starting on a series called What Does the Bible Say About? Yes, so we're going to talk about very specific things. So, so today's topic, the first one of the series, is What Does the Bible Say About Compassion and Mercy? Again, it comes down to the way we treat other people and our thoughts about other people and our actions towards other people. And the Bible actually says a lot about this. Quite a bit, yeah. So we're going to go over what are compassion and mercy. Why are they important? And how do we get them? So compassion, you can say, is an expression of love. When we love someone, then we have compassion for them. Um, For example, we maybe try to put ourselves in their shoes and walk in them. And then compassion leads to mercy, which is when we show goodness and love and forgiveness and understanding, or you can say true help, whether or not it's deserved. Right. And I think that's like one of the key things about mercy actually is that whether or not it's Mm -hmm. deserved, because I think we can very easily think to ourselves, well, you know, I'll, I'll be merciful or I'll, I'll, you know, be kind and good and loving to someone, mm. you know, if they deserve it. Or not even consciously, but it just is simply easier to be compassionate right. and merciful right. to That's somebody true. who yeah. is deserving in your mind. Right. But I thought about the greatest example of mercy and compassion we have. So this is the first Bible verse we're going we're gonna to take up about this topic today. So in Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 7, Paul wrote this. But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us. And that right there is the compassion that he had for Mm. us. That great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So we were talking before about mercy, whether or not it's deserved, mm. right? And when we read here that we were dead in trespasses. Mm. None of us deserve mercy from God, None actually. of us deserve it. No. 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 We are, like the Bible says, we we have all sinned mm-hmm. and fallen short of the glory of God. But mm-hmm. because of his compassion on us, that great love with which he loved us, he sent his son here to earth. To save us from all of that. Yeah. And then Jesus himself, it speaks about the compassion and mercy that he has in, well, obviously in several places, but here in Hebrews 4, starting in verse 14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So, you can see Jesus' compassion there, and just in the fact that he saw us struggling. He was Mm -hmm. up there in heaven with God, and he saw us struggling, Mm -hmm. and everybody was 
everybody was living in sin. Some intentionally, some were trying to be good, but couldn't find a way out of right. sin. And he saw us struggling, and instead of, you know, ugh, these people just can't get it together. Ugh, hmm. been, uh, it's been thousands of years. How can not a single one of them have gotten it hmm. right? Instead of any of that, he he saw us, and he was filled with compassion for us. And for these poor, weak people who just couldn't find the way out of sin, and he was so filled with compassion for these struggling people he saw that he left everything, all the good things he had in heaven, and risked everything and came down and took on a human nature like ours so that he could show us the way out of our sin. And that is the greatest example of compassion we'll ever see, I think. So when I think about that, I mean, first of all, like, I should be overwhelmed with thankfulness mm. and and love for him in return for what he's done for me, right? And on a personal level, this is what he's done for me. This is the mercy that he's shown not just to mankind, but to me. Yeah. That I could be saved so that I'm not stuck in my sin. But he didn't just come for that. He also came to show us the way to become merciful and compassionate, right? right? We're, we're, we're to learn of him. He says that, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly mm-hmm. of heart. And then we're to follow him. He says that those who want to be his disciples have to take up their cross, deny themselves, and follow him to become like him, right? So that that's what our ultimate goal as Christians and as his disciples is, mm-hmm. is to be like him, mm-hmm. right? Right. And I mean... That's not the way, we, obviously, that's not the way we are by nature. Otherwise, we would we would have got it figured out right. on our own. Right, right. But by nature, we're so unforgiving and so un, in, uncompassionate. Is that a word? <laughs> we yeah. are not compassionate. <laughs> right. Hard-hearted, you could say. Yeah, actually, hard-hearted well, is a really good word for it. Yeah, at least that's how I've, I've seen myself. Mm-hmm. Like, very quick to judge other people harshly for the mm. things I see them do. And just by nature, I know myself, I tend to have such huge expectations of other people mm-hmm. and demands on how they mm-hmm. should behave and so on. Mm-hmm. Like, I see that very clearly in my interactions with other people. I, it's, it, I'm quick to judge and I'm quick to see things just through my own human perspective. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's how we all are by nature. And if, if I don't think that I'm like that, then I need to ask God to open my eyes to it because yeah. we definitely are all much more hard-hearted than we need to be, even if it's not perhaps the area that we're weakest in. It's still something we all need to come closer to the image of Jesus in. You know, the Bible says a lot, and if you were to, you know, search the word mercy, for example, in the Bible, Mm. you would come up with a lot of verses. But we've picked just a few here. Um, So, we're going to start with two verses that are actually things Jesus said. In Luke 6.36, it's written that he said, Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. And then he also says in Matthew 5, verse 7, that blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So, in a way, I kind of thought of it as like, I don't really know the right way to say it. Like, not a vicious cycle, because it's not vicious, (laughs) but mercy... What goes around comes around. Yeah, and like, (laughs) mercy leads to mercy leads to mercy, right? Like, I experience mercy, and what that should give birth to in myself is yeah. that I am merciful to others. And then when I am merciful, I get more mercy, right? Yeah. And it just, my heart becomes softened and I, I become a merciful person actually, right? And then James wrote, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm. So, you know, I can I can think in my human way that I need to set someone straight or I need to like correct a situation or whatever, but mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm -hmm. And then in Ephesians, Paul writes, 
Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Like, I think, for example, about, like, it can be so easy to have kind of an abstract notion that, yes, I'm going to love everybody, I'm going to be good to everybody, but when it comes down to, like, a case-by-case situation, Mm. somebody rubs me the wrong way, I don't get why somebody behaves the way they do, somebody's views don't align with mine, then right away is that hardness can come in. And if you think, for example, like, just about social media, how there's so much bullying and and evidence of hard-heartedness actually on social media it can be so easy because you don't look somebody in the eye to just say what you think and i'm going to set this person straight and there's so much of that in my own nature in daily life and it's so much easier to do it on social media because you're not looking at this person in front of you whose whose emotions you have now affected with your words for example right and it just to think about if i could just Imagine myself in a person's situation. Yeah. Whenever whenever somebody does anything, whether it's good or bad or I just don't get it or whatever, just we don't know everything about a person. Right. I don't have to reconcile somebody's behavior to make it make sense and make them worthy of goodness before I'm good to them. Yeah. I can just be good. That's yeah. how Jesus was. Yeah. He was so good to those around him. Yeah. Because he because he cared for them inside, not because he thought, oh, I should show these people goodness because right. I'm Jesus and I need to set a good example. But he had deep compassion in his heart for people when he saw them struggling and saw them in hardship. Yeah. And First Peter 3, verses 8 to 9. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. It's also written somewhere that love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. And that's, I think, I was just thinking that's right along the same lines as what's yeah. written in First Peter here, that having compassion and loving as brothers, that, and it can be so easy too, as soon as you show someone that goodness, maybe you've had to humble yourself, and maybe it was a real work, because we are all so proud and hard-hearted by nature. It can be a real work to humble yourself and just, you know what? I'm just going to show love and goodness and God, you're going to help me to love this person. And then right away, there can be a a demand or an expectation. Well, then they should A, either show me mercy and compassion back or B, at least be very grateful for how good I've been to them. But real love doesn't have those expectations. You just love. Jesus just loved. And then in the verse you you read earlier, it says, therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful. And if you skim read that, it can kind of come off like, be merciful because your father is also merciful. But just as he is merciful, right. as merciful as right. he is. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that sets a very different um, tone, yeah, a very different yeah, yeah. standard yeah. for mercy. But that's actually. our goal. Yeah. Then it's written in Colossians 3 in verse 12 to 14. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ also forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So the way he writes it here makes it actually very appealing, right? Like, mm. Or for me it is anyway, when I read this, I'm, this is how I want to be. But I also find that in myself, I find, as Paul says, there is no good thing, right? So these are virtues that I have to fight for. Something has to take place inside Mm -hmm. of me, because it's not natural for me to be this way, but something has to happen inside of me. A battle 
has to be one against those that hard-heartedness and that that judging and that demanding expectation that I have in myself. Something has to happen with that, right? Because that's the only way it's going to work. If you try and do this in out of human goodness, um, without really taking up a battle against the very root of the sin inside of you, then at some point you'll come to your own limit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can be, like, some people are a little more empathetic by nature, mm. kinder and gentler people, right? Mm-hmm. But we do all eventually come to the place where, you know, it costs us something that it's we're not willing to give up mm-hmm. or, you know, it's... it. Like you said, we meet someone who rubs us the wrong way or we're in a situation where it just is so hard and then we fall short of mm-hmm. mercy and compassion. Mm-hmm. And then we need help if we if we want to have mercy and compassion. We need to have the mind of Christ. Yeah, I have to be willing to give up my own ego and my own high-minded thoughts about myself and yeah. how things should be. Yeah. My own opinion, my own my own demands and my own will, right? And I have to humble myself to do that. Mm. It keeps me humble also when I think about how often I myself have fallen short of doing things the right mm. way. I say something wrong, I do something wrong, or I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I just haven't learned yet to do things in a perfect way, obviously, right? Because we're in a development. Because we're in a development. And how often then have I needed compassion and mercy and forgiveness? Yeah. But the one thing that I really thought of today, actually, when I was preparing for this is what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 10 to 11. And he writes there, Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested, where? Not in eternity, Mm -hmm. when when I get to heaven, but in our mortal flesh. That means now. Here, while I'm in this mortal body, the life of Jesus can take place and come forth from my life. This is incredible. So like we've already said, it is going to cost me something, right? If my goal is to be like Jesus, to have compassion and mercy like Jesus had, then it's going to cost me my own opinions, my own demands, my own will, and all my thoughts about how things should be and and all this. And that means that I have to be, as the verse says, carrying about in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus, so that when these things inevitably come up from my flesh, when I meet people and as I go about my situations Mm -hmm. of life, when these things inevitably come up, then the death of Christ comes in. In other words, they, they meet a strong no, and I, in the power of the Holy Spirit, resist those things. I don't allow them to live, and they're put to death. And then nobody else ever has to see them or be hurt by exactly. them. Exactly. Then what comes forth instead is something new grows in me, mm-hmm. like, we, like we said. And that new thing that grows in me is Jesus' virtues, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I get that... Peter says that we are to get divine nature, and I get that as my personal possession because I have faithfully put to death this hardness and this ugliness of sin and ego and self-seeking in me, and then I get something new. I'm transformed, and I get these patience and meekness and long-suffering with people and compassion for people, Mm -hmm. mercy, all these things become my own possession that I can then spread out to others. And the life of Jesus is manifested in my mortal flesh. 
I think, yeah. And I think, well, there's another verse here that Paul's written to the Philippians that I think would be really good to wrap up with. He says in Philippians 2, starting in verse 1, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, and actually in some translations it says, therefore, since there is consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any compassion and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. So that pretty neatly sums it up. Yeah. To be like-minded with Christ. Yeah. That takes care of it all. Yeah. <laughs> like Kathy said earlier, you can look up the word mercy in your Bible. You can use a search feature, or if you're old school, look it up in a concordance, and there'll be lots and lots of great verses. And to just really, if you really dig into it, you'll just get a real taste of the mind of Christ. Yeah. Just reading about the mercy that he showed over and over again, and the way Paul, who had the mind of Christ, talks about mercy and compassion. Yeah. That'd be really good. And we have collected a whole bunch of those verses in an article on Active Christianity called 38 Bible Verses About Mercy and Compassion. How convenient. (laughs) It's very convenient. So we'll put a link to that in today's episode description as well. And there's also, we have a whole topic page called What Does the Bible Say? So more of these collections of verses that show what the scriptures say about many important topics. Okay, wishing you guys a very good and victorious week ahead of you. Yeah, thanks for joining us again, and we will see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye.